Fake news. Mr. President. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Mr. President. I just want to have one thing to say. Mr. President, I'm trying to get a word edgewise here. Fake news put out Mr. President, it's not. It's not fake news just because you don't like it. A few days ago, fake news Enough! Each and every Tuesday, the Journey into Comics Network brings you the real news with the poor of poor, with the late breaking news that really matters. The following is a Journey into Comics Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast about everything nerd. With your hosts, Nate Phillips and Brandon Stone. We've come a long way from the Prime Minister's exploding cake. Or have we? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 184. I'm your host, Nate. Today joining me, as always, the Lars Ulrich to my James Hetfield, or the James Hetfield to my Lars Ulrich, depending on who you ask. Welcome back to the show, Brando. How's it going? I was going to do a Lars impression, and then you said James, and I'm like, how does Lars do James? I've never heard him... I, I, can you imagine Lars doing a James Hetfield impersonation? Do some rock albums, you know, just do some... Uh, do some uh, rock and roll music. We're gonna we're just gonna come in here with some record some rock and roll. I like that one more. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah. Oh man. Uh so what's up, Brandon? How's it going, dude? Welcome dude, to the show. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me to the show that I also co host. And you know, it's it's going pretty good here as I almost dropped my brand new phone. Um it's a little late. In my neck of the woods, but that's just fine. I'm here for the ride. We got some stuff to talk about this week. It's going to be pretty fun. Of course, uh, we're trucking right along here with on the Journey into Comics podcast, and we are nearing that ever so to double zero. Man, it's getting closer and closer. It's kind of freaking me out. We're only 16 weeks away here, and uh, next thing you know, this this show is going to be 200 episodes in, and you know, I don't think it really changes a whole lot. It just is really nice to see, like, hey, we can reminisce about some shit, which I'm sure people love hearing us reminisce and be nostalgic about all sorts of things. And I'm sure that in the future you'll hear all about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that a spoiler did, or anything? Did you like, uh, speaking of timing whammy things, did you... Did did you did you like that the new uh, Doctor yep. Who intro? Oh yeah, that thing you sent me of the porta potty floating down the street. Well, I I had heard that the budget got cut a little bit, but you know I think it works. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you watch it with sound? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because you have hilarious. to, because it plays the damn thing, as it's like, dun ta dun ta dun ta dun ta dun ta dun ta this porta potty. And it's this flood, and it's just floating right down the street as it's spinning. I think it's funny how you mentioned that the budget got cut when they just upped Jody Whitaker's um, pay to the exact same as Peter Capaldi, which is like, 
unheard of, you know, because, mm-hmm. oh, she's a female actress, so of course she gets less money. Even in Europe, that's a real thing. Isn't that crazy? Well, uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense why the special effects, maybe budget went down a little bit because they got to save some money because they're going to pay her some more, which is awesome that they're paying her more. But, I mean, you know, it is still a business, and you got to pinch pennies where you can, and I guess the special effects are just going to have, you know what? They got a great doctor, I'm sure, and uh, and uh, you know, even if they got to do some do some claymation for, uh, to move, <laughs> can you that they do do some stop motion animation for like for like the TARDIS instead of floating through space, it's like jerking through space. Really, it's it's, it's like a kindergartner did the did the animation, <laughs> just loose claymation. Like uh, what was that game? Uh, God dang it, it was. The clay fighting game that was on N64, 63 and a third. Clay fighters. Clay fighters. Thank <laughs> you, of course. <laughs> I think I broke. <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think well, I broke Brando. Oh shit! What was that clay alive? fighting game? I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> clay fighters. <laughs> God damn. Oh, this is hilarious! Oh my God. Sorry, man. <laughs> Didn't mean to break you live on air there like that. That wasn't my intent. We're not even five the... minutes in. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> I love that you said that exactly at five minutes into the episode. <sighs> that was like crazy good timing. <sighs> are you back? Are you okay? Are you alive? Are we, are we yeah. here? Are we doing it? <laughs> the clayfighters. God damn. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> that one's going to hold on to you for a long time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have the episode title, I think. Uh. Clay Fighters. Or what was that clay fighting game called? <laughs> uh. Okay. Back to it, folks. We're not we're not dead yet. Oh shit. Where were we even at, Brando? I don't even know where to go from here. We hadn't even started the show yet. We were still just like bullshitting and reminiscing and just having small talk before we actually got into any sort of actual uh things that we wanted to talk about today. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Is there anything else good in your world? This week has been terrible. Yeah. This has been the week. It's because a Mercury's in retrograde or some shit, Brando. The sun is too close to the Earth and it's burning some shit. There's some solar floppies or some weird shit. I don't solar know. Solar floppies. <laughs> They're obviously solar flares, but they look kind of floppy. They're like those bands or whatever. But anyways, um, the solar flares. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the damn clay fighter things. <laughs> He done broke himself. 
<laughs> this is why we don't podcast late at night, Nate. We can't just, do it. Just slap. <laughs> we, dude, like like when we um when we did JIW on the on the on, on like on the redo episode, like we were like that and then doing the like the second half of the Ice Earth episode, we were so slap happy for both of those. JIC redo. <laughs> you know, it's just like the next attempt. Anyways, we're gonna try to start the show now. I think we're gonna yeah, attempt yeah. I mean, to. I mean, I, I I think we'll get there. You know, we'll, we're gonna get there. We're just we're doing it slow. Brando, to go back to my childhood a little bit. Did you see that recently? Uh, Jason David Frank came back as a new character in Power Rangers. Well, he's not a new character. He's well, kind of new. He's been in the comics. Uh, That's true. They're doing this new film called Shattered uh, Grid. Ooh, not a film. It's not a film? S- spoiler alert, that was a live-action trailer for the comic that's coming out. Oh. Well, he is playing Lord Dracon, or Dracon, or Draken. How do you say his name? Draken? Let's see. If I'm looking at this, it's, I'm going to read it directly from the thing here. It's D-R-A-K-K-O-N. I would say Lord Dracon. I'm literally, he, uh, he plays a version of the character, I want to say, uh, of the of the Tommy Oliver character. It's like, an, like, it's, he's like a mix between the green and white ranger. They're like fused together. And he looks badass. Yeah, and he is still Tommy Oliver because there's some stuff in that trailer that definitely pulls back to old moments in the show mm-hmm. that that make you just like, oh, this is awesome. But they, uh, you know, they released some behind the scenes photos, and it's so cool to see him in that costume. It's just like this beautiful amalgamation of the Green and White Ranger, and man, it would be so awesome to actually have him end up on TV. You know. Like, that would be incredible. Then he will have it, you know, pretty much done it all, Jason David Frank. I really love how he's he's still so involved uh, with the fandom and with the uh, and with the franchise, and how like you know, over the years, a lot of a, a lot of folks have kind of like distanced themselves from it, and then when it kind of came back around, um. You know, to being popular again or whatever, they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." We, you know, we like like we were in that too, but you know, he never did that. He was always like, "Yes, this." You know, I, I, I really champion this. Walter Jones champions it too a lot. Um, you know, it's interesting to note that uh, this story is done by Kyle Higgins, <coughs> and he did another book recently that I really loved and for some reason I cannot think of what the hell it was called son of a bee it was a new it was a new thing and it was like based on 40 superheroes I'm gonna have to look that up right quick here on the show because Kyle Higgins is awesome he's from the area I think I think he's from Chicago is he from the region no stop it He's not from the region. Oh, Cowl. He wrote Cowl. C-O-W-L. Um, which I loved that book. I had the first first run of it, actually. 
Um, let's see. That's all I really had as far as the Power Rangers news. I know that, uh, you know, uh, well, there was another Power Rangers thing I had to tell you, and I can't recall it. Oh, well. It's a passing, fleeting thought in the realm of Power Rangers here. But, uh, oh, I, I do remember. They recently revealed in the, uh, this spo- little bit of a spoiler alert, the first issue of Shattered Grid came out. And uh, there's this, the whole idea behind Shattered Grid is that there's this Zord that showed up that's like an amalgamation of previous Zords, right? It had parts from all different eras of Power Rangers, and it was cool as fuck looking. If you go look up the Shattered Ranger Zord, it's pretty cool. But who is the Shattered Ranger? The reveal was actually kind of awesome because it's this alternate reality where Lord Dracon lives. It's his Kimberly. It's his Pink Ranger. Oh. And she's crazy. And I, you know, I, I think that by probably next week I'll be able to get a hold of that, and we should maybe try to do a little review on it. I think. Now hold on. Um, now this the twenty fifth issue of Power Rangers. Is this the same that we started like that we read the first issue of or whatever? No, they. This is another run because that was a while ago. This is Go Go Power Rangers, the book. Okay. I don't think we started Go Go, did we? I don't. Or, or I can't remember actually. Ouch. I um I don't remember what one we read. That's been a while, Brando. It's from Boom Studios, right? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, I don't know, man. I know Damn. we read something. Yeah, it's been a while. It was a a way back when episode of JIC. Um, but, uh, I'm going to jump it over cause Brando, there's a little, this is not beef. We're not beefing right now. You said something that I found very interesting a few weeks ago and I want to bring it back up here. And it was that you had heard that there was conjecture or rumor that Gotham was gearing to end, um, m- maybe poor ratings mixed with whatever, right? Yeah. Well, I get that, and I and I understand where some people might be thinking that could be possible. And then Gotham has a couple aces up its sleeve, and this most recent episode that just came out this past Thursday, uh, episode 15, was phenomenal. Like, mind-boggling. It tied up a lot of loose ends. It had major, humongous payoff for character development across the board. And the story they told with Riddler and Penguin is maybe some of the best. Like it really makes you understand why they are villains because they are trapped in this endless loop of fighting with each other and they can't escape. But they're also tied to each other because they can only trust each other because that's how Gotham has made them, you know. Uh but so th- that episode was huge payoff and you just think, "Man, they're on a roll. Like Gotham is really hitting at home." And I sent you an article, a separate article today about Gotham because <coughs> set picks leaked from a couple weeks from now on Gotham and it's Cameron uh Monaga I don't know Monahan Magahan Mahanahan I don't know how to say that last name you want to take a crack at that Brando Monag Monaghan Monaghan I don't <laughs> I can't get it <laughs> It's fucking, me. it's fucking me up. 
<laughs> All right. Damn it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my crack out of here. All sure. Right. So I actually got to let the article load up because I actually didn't open that one because I opened it and I looked at it and then I closed it. <coughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. I just got to see the picture. And now you want me to read the damn thing. Cameron. Mon- <laughs> Aha, you tried it too. Cameron Monaghan. Monaghan. Mon- yeah, Monaghan. See, it's an easy one, and I fucked it up. So Cameron Monaghan is supposed to be playing full-on Joker, um, and then it's confusing because he also plays his character Jerome, mm-hmm. Velasquez. They're not the same character at all. They're sp- Allegedly, the Joker and Jerome Velasquez are two different characters, um, but Cameron is playing them both. This pi- These few set pictures, and uh, I don't know if you scrolled down <laughs> to the second picture uh, in that article, but that's the one that sold me. Uh because holy shit, he looks amazing. He looks better than many Jokers that we've had previous. Like, he's nailing it. Are you seeing this one? Was that the one with him that the dude's behind him? Yeah. Looks like 89 Batman hardcore, dude. Yeah, it's the hat. Yeah, it's also the leather jackets on these dudes. The leather <laughs> bomber jackets. They Gun Bob. They they definitely took inspiration from that. You are my number one uh, a guy. guy. <laughs> we also, gotta go back and have you back on Foodies to do uh the second one in that series. We do, even though even though that's not really what you guys do on the show anymore. I kinda mentioned nah, that. But we can have fun with it. It'll be still be good. All right, What's so up? The whole Power Rangers book thing. He's uh, got an answer. That's how pro Brando is. He was talking through this shit with me and also found an answer to the question. It is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, Kyle Higgins. It, that's the book that he's been working on. Okay. And it's the same book that we read. Oh, wow. So it's in the same series. Shit. Mm-hmm. Well, now I definitely have to pick it up. I want to uh, say I'm that is... going to put it, that it, in my cart right it now. It has got to be the same... like book that we read because the covers look so so similar i ordered uh i ordered my uh doomsday my new doomsday clock books that are be here next week actually it'll be here wednesday it'll come out new doomsday clock comes out this wednesday uh you won't get the review on 185 so don't look for it there I feel that tomfoolery might be a play at 185. I'm not really sure. But I'm just I'm certain that we will not be reviewing the book on that episode. So you'll want to check back at 186 to get that review from us. I sent you uh, a link real quick. Okay, what what company uh, is doing Shattered Grid here? It's it, it it's Boom Studios. That's the It is Boom. Okay. Yeah. And it's the let same. Let me let me pull Did you send that to me on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me pull my Facebook up. Of course, I shut that shit down. No exceptions. Yeah. Trying to be a goddamn professional and not scroll on the podcast. All right, let's get back to it. Did I? Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to read that on air. Nope. What? That's a classic Lauren Million that it's just funny. It's really good. It, it's a foodies thing. Okay, so... Okay, so that was 
2016, so two years ago. Is is that not the same yeah. book? Yeah, uh, yeah that is. Absolutely. Yes. And we read yeah, like the, the same. I, I remember reading the first couple of issues because yes. because it picked up with him in high school and Tommy was just fresh off of Rita's control and he was still like hearing her voice and kind of like seeing like like hallucinating and seeing her. <clears throat> hmm. Independence, here we go. Mighty Morphin, cover A. Okay, what? Dang, they got all these cool covers for this 25th anniversary, Brando. Damn. Oh, cover A for... Oh, 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 it's filled randomly. Interesting. That's cool. Did you know Boom Studios does that? Multiple variant covers for their issues, but when you order it, it's just one of them randomly. You don't get a choice. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but there's some cool covers, so I'm going to go ahead and put them in my cart. Oh, my gosh. That is a very loud cat showing up to the podcast. Hey, guess what? Uh, that cat might make an appearance on another show sometime down the road. Cool. Like on a, a possible future episode of a show that may have also been recorded on this same exact day but won't release for several weeks? Mm, yeah. Cool. That's ratdatical. Uh, <clears throat> so, anyways, Gotham is great, Brando. We totally tangent away from that for a minute, but Gotham is fantastic. I love that show. It gives me all the things I want in a TV show because it gives me a payoff, great character development, they are introducing humongous players to the board always and being creative with stuff. And I just can't wait to see where they go from there. We're going to switch gears now because we always do. And we'll take the middle chunk of our show to discuss some Marvel stuff. Where do you want to start in our Marvel stuff, Brandon? Do we want to start with the Deadpool trailer or the little bit of other news we have that's like not really Marvel, Marvel, or it's like Super Marvel, I guess is what I meant to say there. Oops. Like the Avengers Infinity War stuff and uh, Black Panther news. We got a little bit of Guardians 3 news. We can go anywhere you want to go, my friend. We can go with uh, Deadpool first. Yeah. Okay, so you watched this trailer? Yeah. It was fantabulastic. It was pretty good. I loved it. Uh, had an amazingly hilarious uh, Easter egg to Van Wilder. Did you ever see Van Wilder? Nope. Okay, Van Wilder's a fucked up movie. They put dog jizz and donuts and feed them to some people. It's fucked up. Like, it's what the fuck fucked up. Anyways, it's National Lampoon's movie, Ryan Reynolds' flick. There's a scene, he loses the girl, he's sad, he's crying, and he's singing this song, which is the song that they used for the Deadpool trailer, right? So, it's like perfectly hilarious how they did that, uh, introduced it there. A lot of characters in this, man, I mean... I don't know if you spotted all the people that are in this trailer. I actually have a list of characters that appeared in the Deadpool trailer. Uh, Domino appeared, which I think we see all her in the first trailer. Colossus appeared. Uh, of course, Deadpool grabbing his butt cheeks. Uh, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead shows up again, looking even more badass and powerful. Surge, which here's what we have from Surge. This is uh, straight from comicbook.com. Says this young lady made quite an impression during the trailer and it got fan fans buzzing about who it may be. 
Early consensus from the internet is that it's Surge, one of the characters who was featured in the uh, new X-Men comic book series. Her body constantly absorbs electricity at all times, which she can then channel through her head or through her hands, objects, and even convert into bursts of super speed. If this trailer is any indication, Surge, played by Shiori Katsuna, is going to be a standout. Awesome. Terry Crews is in this trailer as uh, Bedlam, who is um, an X-Force member. And that's another thing awesome to mention, that they teased the X-Force in this trailer, like dropping that name finally. Yep. So it's official, you know, this is the lead-in, and it's weird because this is all going to wrap into what Disney ends up doing. I don't know how this all changes everything. Also, did you notice that there's a Black Panther uh, Easter egg in the Deadpool trailer? Was there? Yeah, the X-Force. yeah, yeah. (laughs) X-Force. Wakanda forever. Um Zig Heist is also in this trailer. You can see him in the background. Shatterstar also in the background on that plane scene. Uh, Blind Al makes an appearance. I mean, this this trailer was fucking action-packed to the gills. The internet reacted to it. Let's see what we got here. Uh, again, some stuff from comicbook.com. Thanks for putting this shit together for us. Uh, oh, my God, that Deadpool 2 trailer was awesome. Somebody said, so bummed. Buy the new trailer. Why, guys? You did so well with the first one. How did you mess up this one so bad? Why not make the characters true to the comics? Hmm. Interesting. I didn't realize people were upset at this. Uh, Someone else said that Pennywise was in the trailer somewhere. That you, apparently, he's hiding in there somewhere. Uh, Somebody brought up the Wakanda forever. Another interesting Easter egg called to Marvel Civil War. Wink, wink to you, Brando. Do you remember in Civil War when I believe it's Bucky goes to shoot Tony in the hand and Tony like and stops it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Deadpool did the same thing, but it, 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 he got his hand shot through and he just put his the gun through his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the same kind of thing, but a little different. Um and then uh, some people said uh, this Deadpool trailer is quite meh. Um, also awesome to see Deadpool in the Professor Xavier chair doing mm-hmm. spin arounds with a picture of Abe Lincoln and Barack Obama. Uh, overall, I really am happy with this trailer, Brandon. I'm excited for this movie. I can't wait to see um, what comes out of Deadpool 2. It looks fantastic. I mean, you got to be stoked too, right? Oh, hell yeah. That's uh, um, that's cool. Someone just tagged me in a post. It's a Infinity War mug. It's I, I've already seen this. It's so, it's still really cool looking. It doesn't diminish how cool it is, but it's um literally a coffee mug that looks like the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, but I don't see the sixth stone, and also it doesn't look like they have the right colors for the gems. So it sucks. I hate it. Get out of my life. Nerd. Hey, man, if you're going to sell me on something, the continuity better fucking be there. Speaking of Avengers Infinity War. It's officially licensed. It is officially licensed, I know. And 
I don't know what that means for the gems either. Can they be teasing us with the gems, and are they CGIing them in the wrong spot because they don't want us to know where things actually are? But most of the promotional material have them all in the same spot, so I'm a little confused how that works. But I digress. Are we going to see Vision die in this movie? Is that going to happen? Do we need to start tallying up our Deadpool and taking bets on who we think is going to make it out of this fucking movie? Because I think there are some shoe-ins that can obviously survive. I think there are some people that have to die. There are some people that if they died, the impact would be so great that it would just change the game for Marvel. Um, what are your thoughts, Brando? I think it's very, very plausible that we could see Vision die as as Vision, but maybe he continues on to something else. You could. You could. I mean, you can't turn him back into an AI, I wouldn't think. No, I was thinking more of like just a regular human. Ooh, just you like Pinocchio him into human form where he can no longer fight alongside the Avengers. He just has to leave and live a normal, boring ass life. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, that's hard. That's harsh as fuck, too. I mean, that's a, that is actually in some ways a fate worse than death because then he has to feel and experience pain and be a person and go from a, a non real entity into something that actually has to like feel and experience stuff that could be really heavy that'd be a crazy thing for them to do actually like the mind stone goes out my thing is with the mind stone i feel like it could be a swerve because i feel like shiri is going to be able to give him something that keeps him vision regardless of if the mind stone is in him like she's going to have found tech or something that can keep him going without the mind stone being in him but maybe not i'm not sure um, so that was in one of the things I sent you. And then in the other one, I don't know if you watched it. Um, both of these, uh, new TV spots for infinity war, uh, had some, a little bit additional footage. And this second one had, uh, Tony Collins, Spidey and Avenger. Like, I don't, did you see that? Did you happen to check that one out? No, no I didn't watch it, but. So, uh, yeah, like, it seems like there's like a portal by Tony or something. And he's like, he taps, Parker on the shoulder. He's like, you know what, kid, you're an, you're an Avenger now. And then like it goes to him on the th- big Q ship spinning and in his Iron Spider suit, looking all bad as fuck. There's a lot of possibilities with this movie, but um, I want to say with the death, with the people that die, I'm gonna call it here, folks. And this is something that I've pretty much not said to anybody else, so you're hearing it here first. Uh, get ready to start calling Thor something very specific in the MCU. And I'm, I feel like, I feel like I could almost lay all the cards on the table and not, and, and guarantee you I'm not wrong, but Thor will be known as the last Asgardian by the time infinity war is done. He will be the only member of Asgard standing when it's complete. And that will be his penance from Thanos. I literally killed your entire species and I'm forcing you, God of Thunder, the king, you the king, to live. King nothing. Exactly. Who do you rule? You rule nothing. I feel like Loki's death is imminent. I feel like we've actually seen parts of Loki's death in the trailer. Um, Thor screaming with his eyes closed, with his eye singular closed in agony. Um it just doesn't look good because you don't see Loki outside of that first few group of scenes that you can surmise comes from the end of Ragnarok. So, And to have Ragnarok with its kind of like tone 
that it had redemption. Because, well, like, like, well, no, like the the overall like tone of the movie was a lot lighter. Yeah, and you know, and more spirit, and then to go into this where everybody dead. Yep, like death is imminent because Kevin Feige said like, oh, within the first five minutes of Infinity War, you guys are going to realize we're not fucking around. Like this is seriously what we're doing. And I think the strongest thing to do would literally Korg, Heimdall, Loki, every literally every Asgardian remaining, all brutally fucking extinguished by the Black Order and Thanos. Um, and damn, what a powerful experience that will be. Like, I'm already preparing myself for Tom Hiddleston's death because I feel like there's there's no way around it. Like, there's no story you can tell because think about it. They, Thanos and the other, give Loki the scepter, which has the Mind Stone. They give him an additional stone, which is the Mind Stone, and then have him go steal the Tesseract. So now he is in possession of two of the six for the Infinity Gauntlet. Loki is holding two of the six during the first Avengers movie and fucks it up. And Thanos, you know, I'm going to use the quote from... um, from Carl Mordo in Doctor Strange, but uh, the bill always comes due, you know? And that's what's going to happen for Loki here. Time's going to catch up, and Thanos is going to find him. No barren moon you can run from. Thanos will find you, you know? And uh, whew, it's going to be fucked up and intense, real intense. Uh, speaking of Infinity War... Because it's on the way, Brando, I read Infinity Gauntlet again, the 1991 story by Jim Starling and uh, and company, and it, it just, uh, it's epic. It's epic. If you've never read the Infinity Gauntlet, I strongly recommend you do it. I actually talked to you off air um, and, and said that would be something I would love to do for a comic club. It's such an amazing story. Um, I, I kind of see what they're doing because I not only read Infinity War, I also read the 2013 Infinity Story, which was done by Jonathan Hickman. And those two stories combined, I feel, are what is going to be most inspiring to help create what we see as the Infinity War movie. I say that because in the Infinity Story, you're introduced to the Black Order, which they haven't introduced everybody from the Black Order in the MCU. They've only introduced Corvus Glaive, uh, Ebony Maw, Proxima Midnight, and then Cole Obsidian, which actually his name was uh, Black Dwarf, and uh, they called the group the Cole Obsidian, not the Black Order in the comics. And then there was also another called Supergiant. Uh, Supergiant's not going to appear in this movie, but in that story, Thanos is trying to find his son to kill his son because he's worried his son is more powerful than him and can kill him. And uh, that comes to a very interesting resolve. Um, So I think they took a little bit of that, a little bit of the original Infinity Gauntlet story, jumbled them up to a mess and threw them up in the sky. Interesting to note, Brando, I don't know if you know this, but in the Infinity Gauntlet story, one of the Avengers, because in the snap of his fingers, Thanos does get rid of half the universe. Guess what? There's a certain specific Avenger who is pictured disappearing in the comics. And his name is Hawkeye. So I'm curious, with a snap of his fingers, does Hawkeye get removed from existence? Hmm. Another way to epically change the game. 
I mean, there's there's endless possibilities. And I mean, the, and then the conjecture on like what could happen if they take and play with how the Infinity Gauntlet story actually ends. Because somebody who is not Thanos gets the Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos in the most amazing spectacle of teamwork and impossibility. If they pulled it off in the MCU, it would be great. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. But still in the MCU, I have a little bit of different news here, Brando. Black Panther is the king of the superhero box office. Black Black Panther is top dog. He is the top mother effing dog, reaching $630 million domestic on Saturday this past weekend, uh, flying past the $623.4 million earned by the Avengers in 2012, becomes the highest-grossing superhero movie ever domestically. Uh, and it's on its way to being up there for all time. I think right now it only has to do another, I want to say, $40 million lifetime to get to Titanic. And that's something that very few have topped. I think uh, only Avatar and Last Jedi then would sit atop that. Um, if I believe, I think that's where. The, so I think right now it's maybe fifth all time, or oh, it's sixth highest grossing movie all time. So I was one off. So there's another one in there too somewhere. Probably, probably Iron Man three or no, it couldn't be Iron Man three. Um, it says. Uh... <clears throat> As of uh, right now, worldwide, Black Panther has made $1.2 billion. By the end of the weekend, it's it's expected to surpass Iron Man 3, which, are, which earned $1.214 billion. Damn. And it, it would become the third highest globally uh, comic book adaptation, uh, followed by The Avengers... Uh, which earned which earned one and a half billion, and then and then Age of Ultron, which would be one point four. Damn, and I feel like Infinity War is gonna smash all of these records like it ain't nothing. It's gonna be it's good. Oh no, it's gonna be smash a lot of records. The only issue is is that it's not mm -hmm. gonna have enough or as much time by itself to sit there. No, because you've got Deadpool in the waters right out the gate. You've got Solo in the waters not too far after that. Yep. Um, is there something in June coming out that's big? Uh, it was it was Deadpool at one point, but of course that got moved. So yeah, I, I, I as far as like this kind of kind of movie, uh, I think the next one is is Ant Man for like around Fourth of July. July, yes, yes, yes. So um. Speaking of Marvel stuff, we're already on it here, but uh, did you see the interaction between Mark Hamill and James Gunn? No, not at all. No. Okay, so uh, there was an initial tweet that Hamill had said, like, "Hey, I'd love to, you know, do your movie. I am, in fact, unemployed and uh, <laughs> a neighbor, a neighbor to you, you know." And Gunn was like, "Um." what the fuck yes i would love to to talk to you yes this needs to happen so they're very seriously trying to hammer out and figure out if they can come to some sort of arrangement or agreement to bring mark hamill in as a cast member to guardians 3 that'd be cool holy shit yeah i mean i know we're two years out from guardians right now which means they're probably getting ready to go into pre-production holy <laughs> shit um 
But look, man, Mark Hamill's amazing as an actor, and he's done a lot. I feel like he will definitely be in episode nine. Of course, he's going to be a forced ghost. Let's not be stupid and kid ourselves. It would be too epic of a thing to pass on, right? I mean, I'm not wrong there, right? No. You know, and I just saw something that they were talking about the release of Last Jedi, which comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday. Oh, yeah. Uh, but apparently, but, but you can already get it digitally. And uh, there's a documentary called, like, The Director and the Jedi or whatever. Okay. And it focuses largely on uh, Mark Hamill's and Ryan Johnson's relationship. And one of the things that they're doing to kind of sell the like the documentary is showing Mark's like disagreement with the Luke character in this. And I I just saw an interview where they were sh- Kitty shut up I'm talking about Mark Hamill. <laughs> that uh, cat is screaming bloody murder. <laughs> holy fuck! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> oh shit! Like well, so there's an interview that Mark Hamill did with the Entertainment Tonight, and they were talking about it and all that kind of stuff. And they brought that up. Mark's like, I really wish they had, they wouldn't have used that. He goes, he goes, all that, he goes, he goes, a lot of the stuff that, that they use that, that you see from that, it was from earlier on in the, in the production. You know, he goes, I was so, rom-, he, you know, he was so romanticized with the kind of vision that Luke was in his head. He was, he was always brave. He was always, you know, a go getter. Let's go do this. He goes, but to be put in a situation, that is completely opposite of that is challenging and it's scary and you know to be you know and it is something new he goes he goes and he goes and at that point i hadn't seen the film all put together you know he did you know you you can read the story you can read the script and then you see it all at the end it's you know well and then you know he said and then you know when people you know have arguments and they try to use Things like that to like say he's like even Hamill hates it, you know, and, and he was like seeming like God damn it, you know. I really wish you know maybe I wouldn't have like opened my mouth so much at certain points. Maybe I would have you know should have you know should have just kind of like let it let it go and figure this out and and whatnot. Well, he just he had to have the perception of Luke broke down for him. Because the reality is, when you logically think about this movie, and it's interesting, I've only met a few people that didn't like Last Jedi, and I'm just like, you're fucking crazy. Like, how can you not? Like, it's so brilliantly done. And one of my favorite things about that movie, just to rave on how much I loved it again, uh, three months later, dot, 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 not Pringles. Uh, But, you know, one thing I loved the most about Last Jedi is how it took... Luke and it broke him down as a character because he had the fear of the reality of the power of Ben Solo scare him essentially to death. He it was it scared him to exile. Like because he almost did something he could he couldn't have undone. He almost really ultimately gave in to Vader and to the Emperor. In late a way. in the game, you know, well, and he, it was it was the reality of what he became. Well, he failed, and he, he in that moment he failed himself. He failed Ben. He failed Han. He failed Leia. He failed everybody. He failed the galaxy, and all that weight was on his shoulders. All that weight was on his shoulders to revive the Jedi to to do all this, and he failed. As as a lot of teachers fail, especially within a, you know within a, like the Jedi and everything. But, all right, so, like, 
I there's a like there the 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 novelization came out not too long ago. The these deleted scenes have come out, and I can't remember which one it is, but it got explained to us, Nate, why Luke was wearing his Jedi robes when uh, Ray finds him because it's because it's like well if he's so if he's disconnected if he's not into the shit why is he wearing his robes and that's apparently because he had finally worked up the courage to burn the temple the tree and the text he was going to burn it but yep. felt but felt like he should dress for the occasion and you know if, if he's going to do it he's he's going to do it right and he, and 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 he's he's going to do it with at least with some honor and to honor the memories of the Jedi Order, and uh, he's you know he's dressed for the part. He and he and he's up there kind of like meditating on it a little bit and thinking of what's going on. And that's when she just happens to find him. Not only did did she find him, she found him right before he was about to burn it. The Force can often be described as a living thing. And being manipulative in situations, putting things in certain spots for a certain reason at a certain time. And she was placed there to get that text. Mm -hmm. To learn from him and to get that text. She did a damn good job. Well, there's that, yes. But th- think about it. The the day he was going to burn it, she shows up. Yeah. The day he was finally going to burn it, she leaves with it. Because it wasn't meant to be burned. No. And it, it's is it that is brilliant storytelling, and it it's something that I kind of wish would have would have got explained to us, but. Man, it, uh, that was awesome. When I read that, I was like, "Yes, that's awesome. That's cool." You know, as we live and breathe and sit here right now, I know it's it's Monday for our listeners, but for from where we're standing right now, it's March twenty fifth where when we're recording this. Um, just a little bit of behind the scenesness, and the only reason I'm bringing up the date, Brando, is because exactly two months from today, Solo. Indeed. Now, why did I bring up Solo, Brando? Long way to go around there. I sent, I just sent you something on the Facebook. It's totally left field, but I feel like we have to cover it on the podcast because it's just it's late breaking news, and I want to get your opinion. <laughs> UFO fan claims to see Jabba the Hutt's head in NASA images of Mars. Yeah, did you click on it? <laughs> I kind of see it too. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Apparently, Jabba is somewhere on Mars, crystallized. Oh, 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 oh. oh and that's another thing. Uh, the rumor is that Jabba is actually going to be returning for Solo, a Star Wars story, being another legacy character to return for Disney to help really sell the film and its storytelling. Um, obviously, we will now know why Han owes him so much money. 
Well, uh, well, we already know why Han like owes him money is because he was smuggling for Han, and then the the Empire uh, caught him and boarded him, and he jettisoned all the cargo, so that way he wouldn't get caught with it. And uh, well, that was that that was Jabba's cargo, and Han owns him money. And the thing is, is that um, I I sort of like subscribe to the idea that well that Han worked for him for years and that he was good and he was Jabba's guy and then after he fucked up Jabba was pissed but he, Han's his guy so he gives him a few more chances you know pay me back come on and we kind of see that in that deleted scene from A New Hope that got put back into the special edition where he's like alright I want my damn money and then Han Talks his way into one last chance. And then doesn't come back. Massive fuck up. You know? And then at that point, see, Jabba, Jabba's running a business, and he is ruthless. And eventually, he's got to flex that muscle. because Otherwise, if he keeps letting Han go, he just looks weak. You're right. He's got to make an example of him, or what kind of leader would he be? It's very Negan of him, Brando. You know, you're. I love your. I love your knowledge and how good you are about keeping Star Wars stuff together. And I just feel like, if wow, Jesus Christ, cat! Wow, wow, wow! Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm hearing. It's like. Cat of our existence showing up with the wows. Oh, dude, my <laughs> microphone about fell out. Dude. Oh shit! Don't don't lose your recording now. Oh fuck, dude. Oh, that would cat be of our existence. Oh, the cat of our existence <laughs> wrecking the world here. Wow. <laughs> He's making I just funny feel like <clears throat> Brando. I just feel like I really wish. You had an outlet where you could discuss ad nauseum Star Wars. I wish there was a podcast where you could talk about Star Wars often. I wish there was a way we could maybe talk about that, how we should do that. We probably should because uh, if everything goes the way that it should, this Friday, uh, the podcast menace. The oh. the only podcast in the Journey into Comics Network solely dedicated to Star Wars will be debuting here on the network feed. It's gonna kind of preempt butt stuff this week. Again, uh, I, I said we kind of had a bad week here at the household. There's been kind of a sickness that's kind of ravaged the place. Y'all got down with the sickness. We did get down with the sickness, <laughs> and uh, butt stuff could have. <laughs> butt stuff could have <laughs> happened. Don't say getting down with. It. But stuff could have happened uh, because you were down with the sickness. <laughs> it still could have got recorded. But I said, you know what? A lot going on right now. If you guys want to take a week off, you know, we could utilize that time and space uh, for Podcast Menace. It was agreed upon. So uh, they got something cool that they're announcing here soon. Stay tuned to the uh, to the butt stuff uh Social media and stuff like that. They're going to announce something pretty cool and special. Oh, yeah. I think I might have some involvement with that, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes but out. I, but uh, but the Podcast Menace is hosted by myself and Tyler from Podcastrophy. Fuck yeah. It's going to be something that we're going to do. And it's going to debut here, but it's going to be 
our very first Patreon exclusive show. Full on show. This is not just a one off special. This is not a series of specials in an event. This is the only place aside from episode one that you will ever hear podcast menace is to give us a buck or three. Really to give us three because it's exclusive content. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the value of also getting the dollar because you're going to get the exclusive content and early access anyways. But, I mean, I digress. Patreon.com backslash Journey into Comics. Uh, you will be debuting Podcast Menace if everything goes to plan Friday, which means it'll go up for free for the first episode on Patreon, I think. Yeah, And then yeah. after that, it will go behind our... Um, illustrious three dollars to help us yeah, yeah every dollar helps episode two and you know and they're on is is going to go completely exclusive but you know originally my idea was to have the show kind of just take over jic to be an episode like we've done in the past for game addicts and for foodies and for that kind of thing but the scheduling wise that really didn't work out and that was because of the sickness uh you know we kind of had a pretty bad week this week and didn't uh, didn't want to expose anybody or their families to this sickness. So hopefully, uh, you know, everything goes good. That will be happening this Friday. Uh, please stay tuned to social medias because we'll be updating you uh, going forward. And uh, you'll definitely be hopefully seeing a lot of plugging for that going forward. Yeah, I'm really excited for your guys' new show because... I love me some Star Wars. I love you guys talking about Star Wars. It's an opportunity for you to really nerd out, and there are so many things. I mean, when you think about the the concept of Star Wars opens up the door. I mean, you could do an entire episode on droids. Mm-hmm. Literally. A whole fucking episode on nothing but droids. Oh, exactly. You could do a whole episode on bounty hunters. You could do a whole episode on pod racers. You could do a whole episode on each movie, each TV show, episodes, series. I mean, video games. Mm-hmm. Endless books, expanded universe, toys. I'm just, it's it's expansive. And it's not expensive because it's only three bucks. (laughs) And then that's all I got to say about that, Brando. Oh, man. That was just on the fly, making that shit up as I go along. Uh, Anyways. uh, Shout out to poor boy who sent us uh, a link that we just talked about. Actually, I just sent him a message that said, covered the Black Panther news right before you sent the article, LMAO. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. dude, I'm super excited for the Star Wars show. That's going to be once a month over there on the Patreon. Um, if everything goes right and how this is going to launch, it should not, every episode should then be airing at the end of the month, which works out perfectly because then Solo goes out right near the end of the month and we'll be right there with the review, so... And so would uh, when 9 comes out, because it's December, like, 19th, I think, or something of. Yep. 2019. So that's fucking awesome. I can't wait to hear it, man. And, of course, your guys' show is going to really start laying the groundwork for Phase 2 of what we're doing with Patreon, because everything's going to start changing over there. You're not the only show that's going to be exclusive over there. You're just, like I said, laying the, the massive groundwork and getting this all set up, so I'm uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do. Well, thank you. And uh, like, kind of the idea was, it's like it's more uh, laser focused, more focused on a single 
aspect of nerd culture. You know, here on Journey to Comics, we focus mostly on the comic world and and doing that stuff. But we also hit up like you know general just nerd culture. And so when it comes to like a singular topic within that, it's like you know that sounds like a great uh, idea and venue to create some new exclusive content for over there. So and then of course you kind of came to me with some ideas, and I'm I'm looking forward to to seeing those get get to the point where they're getting ready to you know get to the starting level. Yeah, man, and we're really so so close to that actually happening. Um, one thing we will probably never ever have because it is just straight up in the realm of comics already is a Walking Dead show. Uh, we cover it; it's pretty much JIC. Like you could just call us Talking Walking Dead, and not just Talking Dead or not Walking Talking Dead. We're Talking Walking Dead. <laughs> we're we're walking, talking, walking, talking dead, talking dead, walking dead. You know, like um, that's the realness, though. Anyways. There was another episode that came out in this weird amalgamation that is the TV show that's drawn me back in, regardless of the death of Carl. Spoiler alert. And all the other weird shit that's going on over there, Brando. What did you think about this most recent episode? God dang. The the best one they've done since they come back. Yeah, it was action-packed, man. Lots of stuff going on. I loved uh, Rick going after Negan. I felt like this is what the the, the Rick character needed at, the, at this moment. Uh, it really needed this because it because it makes him look strong. Uh, compare you know, you know, you know, you know, especially compared to Negan, and it actually like made Negan. Negan never looked weak in the moment. Um, but it made him look vulnerable. Yes, when Rick goes to stomp on him, mm-hmm. and he just lets go and falls. I was like, oh fuck, you know that hurts. But it was let me hurt myself or let me get my fucking fingers smashed and then fall into oblivion. Right. So, um, um, I liked he's like, are you alive down here? He's like, I'm a damn cat. <laughs> Whatever he said. Yeah. yeah nine of these things. I loved that. I love the whole thing. Uh, I loved the fact that, you know, Negan in a way, was kind of being, like, up against a wall, was kind of negotiating for his own safety, in a, like, like in a way. He like, he was still trying to come off like he was the one in charge and, and, and in control, but he kind of realized that he wasn't. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck, Rick definitely has the upper hand here. Right, and so he's not stupid, and so he's, like, he's, he's trying to negotiate with Rick, saying, look, water under the bridge. We'll say it never happened. You know, I'll let it all fucking slide right now. And uh, and Rick's like, hey, you think I'm going to trust you after what you guys did to the salvagers? Like, Uh-oh. Like, what are you talking what? about? Jadis's people. Killed them. All of them. And it, I loved Negan's face. It hits him what's actually happened. The realization is, oh, motherfucking Simon. Steve Simon. I want to call him Steve for some reason. Motherfucking well, Simon. Well, because his name's Steve Og. Yeah, correct. Uh, Simon motherfucking betrayed us. He, and we knew that, you mm-hmm. know. 
And it kind of seems like Simon is trying to... And that was another thing interesting. Simon and uh, Dwight went on their own little adventure together. Simon and, uh, is trying to wrestle control away from Negan. He's yep. trying to essentially take over the Saviors. And trying to... He, he was trying to plant the seeds of doubt and try to convince Dwight to come over to his side. And little does he know that Dwight wants Negan dead. However, it's like Dwight's in this situation where he realizes that it's actually going to be a lot worse if Simon takes over. If Simon takes over. And because he and Dwight's not there, you know, he, you know, he's not doing this you know, just to stop Negan. He's doing to stop everything. Stop this shit. It's over. I mean, yeah. He was thinking if Negan's dead, you know, everybody will fall down. Well, now he realizes if Negan's dead, this son of a bitch is taking over. Yeah, and he's vicious and wants to clean the plate and take everyone out and start afresh and do what he essentially did to Jadis and company. Mm-hmm. Uh Another thing interesting to note here is that uh, Negan has the bat, Lucille. He has Lucille in the blood going for a dip. And, of course, Rick wrecks him, and then the fight breaks out or whatever. Uh, You had uh, a new character pop up, Brando. What do you think of this new character, and are we being... Are us comic book fans being given insight to something that the other people are not quite privy to because it seems so obvious who this person is portraying. It's interesting because Maggie's group ran into somebody who wanted the crates filled with food and records. Mm -hmm. Like vinyl records. And uh, essentially this could be an early sign of involvement with the Commonwealth. Which just happened. In the comics, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but this is also a way to play out their endgame, I think. You know, I I heard a theory that they might, might be looking to end the show in the next two, three years. Uh, with numbers kind of going down. Uh, maybe the show has kind of run its course and they might be trying to find it like do the like we're on season eight and I mean the show's doing good the storytelling this season has been really good I really like how they've been doing more uh less inclusive episodes that this time around where it's like not focusing on one person for a whole episode yes no the they've been you know, almost every episode has has had some sort of Negan involvement, or even if its story's not with him, like the episode with uh, uh, with Rick and Jadis. Uh huh. You know, you saw Negan, even if it was just for a little bit, and you kind of understood a little bit. There's a couple of key scenes where he was in, and you know, move on, but it works out so much better for me. Because, like, that's my one criticism of this show. When you're watching this show week to week, you know, watching that episode of of uh, Daryl stuck in the cell on Easy Street. You're on Easy Street. And it smells so sweet. 
I don't remember the fucking words. Fuck that song. But anyways. But I mean, it it's a cool episode because by the end of it, you're seeing Daryl break and you can understand that he's going through issues over the fact that he blames himself for the death of Glenn. Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned that because actually... Doesn't that get brought up here before Rick and Daryl depart from each other? Or was that the last episode? No, no, no. It, no, it was this one. But see, what I was saying is, though, is that while that episode did good, it was frustrating when you were watching it last season because it's like you got that episode and it's like, well, shit, nothing happened. Like other than realizing that something's not real, really right with Dwight as far as like this whole thing goes. Um, But when you're like, when you are uh, binging it like on Netflix or something, it's a lot better to have episodes like that because it kind of gives a break in the action a little bit. But damn yeah, it. Yeah, but week to week, it's hard. Oh, man, it sucks. Especially with the ones where you get like, oh, something big happened. The next week, a break. The next week after that, we're back to it, but with other characters, not the ones that you want to see. Shit. So we still don't get the resolve. I know. Glenn is still under a fucking dumpster. Yeah. 14 <laughs> months later, and he is still under that goddamn dumpster. <laughs> You'd think they dissipate by now. Like, seriously, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, it's interesting to note, too, that Negan is off the board now, kind of. Because when everything comes to fruition, he's in a vehicle, um, and he's got a gun pointed at him. And this person is not happy with him because she thinks this is his doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lots of explaining to do. And it's interesting timing. I'm just saying that right now, Jadis has taken Negan off the board and 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 Simon. I almost called him Trevor. <laughs> yeah. That's what I called him until we got a name for him. Simon, um, you know, really is coming into this power play. And he's even playing on the four Negan thing to rile the, the troops and get them on his side, you know, because now he's the next in line and he's just saying, oh, well, we assume Negan's dead. We didn't find him. So who's Negan? You're Negan. I'm Negan. Everybody's fucking Negan. <laughs> Context. Yet again, it sounded wrong. I'm fucking Negan. I heard it. As soon as I said it, I was like, Ew. shut that shit down. Anyways, I really loved this episode. We only got four to go, Brando. We're almost done with this season here. Uh, dude, we're near we're near the end of All Out War. Question. Man. I have a really weird question for you. What's up? So All Out War is coming to a close. We're at the final episode. You know, maybe the Walker Guts befalls Rick via Arrow, as we saw in the comics, right? And, you know, as comic book fans, what would we expect? Rick is going to come rise up because he didn't really get shot with the guts and he's going to do a thing to Negan, try to save for spoilers. What if it was a totally different character that we're not expecting to just, like, take the reins and not do the thing? Because, like, Rick can't. Because we're expecting Rick to be that guy, but what if he doesn't get that satisfaction? Doesn't that make for almost an interesting story building them in the future when it wasn't Rick's decision, it was someone else's that stopped the war? And Rick having to live with that? I mean, I'm just looking at the possibilities based on how they change the comic book story from time to time. 
And that's one of the only things I can see. I mean, the, the crazy left field thing, and I know this is not going to happen, the ultimate crazy left field thing, which would almost be like Shane 2.0, is if fucking Zombie Carl came back and took out Negan somehow. Um, but I don't know that that's going to be a possibility because I don't think Carl's alive in any p- part of this universe. They definitely made it known that he is no longer. Okay, so if if Rick goes to the motions <clears throat> like he does in the comic and decides to spare Negan, you got three people at least, maybe even four, okay, that are going to be vehemently pissed off about that. Maggie, mm-hmm. Daryl, yeah. Uh, hmm. Carol, I guess. No, not as much. That's not that. That's not Rosita. Yep, there you go. Rosita's the third. One mo, one mo. Last episode before this one, we saw her get pretty pissed off, go crazy. E- Enid, Tara. Oh, Tara, yo, Tara, shit. Yeah, I always forget that she's a major player in this. Yeah, so you got four people who are probably not gonna be very happy about all that shit. And it just drives it drives the story further. Yeah, hell yeah. So if we were to go into predict mode, it would be cool to see Jadis become Alpha. It would be. Uh, I don't know if I want that to be. I I I think I would rather have the whispers be all all like all new people. A totally different group of folks. Yeah, you know because. <laughs> Because what they've done with kind of with you know with Jadis here, it's like I would just rather her. Uh, I mean her 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 story would make sense to wrap up here, you know, and just resolve instead of going into something different, and trying to change and her. Just, yeah, just going into something completely different and blah blah blah. It's like now she's got a new group and she didn't, and now she dresses up as walkers. It's like it. It's like first trash now and now dead people. So. Well, I mean, I guess it does kind of work when you say it like that, though. It's a logical step in some form. Uh, I don't know. And then, of course, the thing with Georgie, is she Pamela Milton? Possibly. Is she going to be the Pamela Milton character whose name is never Pamela Milton? They've done that a couple times in the show, changed Mm. characters' names and altered how their storylines go. Who have we not seen in the show for a while? Jesus. What I, is Jesus doing? I, I, I actually, I, I want to say I just saw Jesus in the next week on the Walking Dead thing. Oh yeah, I didn't watch that. Um, we'll see. The thing is, is that I was downloading them because I didn't have cable for a minute. Now you got View. Now I got View, so I'm watching it. Uh, I watched it on demand. Previously on AMC's The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, dude, did you hear about Walking Dead the finale being in theaters? What? The the finale for season eight and the premiere for season four of Fear, The Walking Dead, are on the same night. Okay. It's called Survival Sunday, and I want to say it is... Four weeks from now. The 15th, and it's going to be in uh, theaters for like one of those Fathom events. Wow, that's crazy. A two-parter thing, back-to-back, hour-and-a-half event. Uh, well, actually, probably longer than that because the finale is probably an hour. Um, I want to say that I saw the runtime for The Walking Dead, and it was like a little over an hour 
And then fear is probably about the same, maybe. Uh, it, cool. But I, 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 obviously, that's with commercials, and it's a little over an hour, so it's not going to be ter- It's not going to be ninety minutes. I don't think. Now, is this going to be where they do the crossover, or start teasing that? Because I mean, Morgan has been filming over there. I heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Actually, yeah. I heard Morgan. Carol was over there too. Uh, I think she. I heard she was just visiting the set. Oh, just visiting. She wasn't on the show. I don't think she's on the show. No, no. Morgan's on the show. The thing is, is that Morgan on Fear the Walking Dead is that's that's filling in the gap for the Morgan character in between uh, for the Walking Dead. Yep. So we need to figure out what Morgan that is, where he's at, because then. When Morgan leaves Fear the Walking Dead, that's going to be him walking along, trying to find the group. When you know they left Terminus, so. Yep. <clears throat> Interesting. Timey wimey. Hmm. Weebly wobbly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But see, since Fear started at the beginning of the break, uh, or of the outbreak, it actually technically starts before the Walking Dead, kind of. Yeah. And then, like, since we're in season eight of The Walking Dead and they're only on season four, they have progressed slower. And so they're not as far along in the story. Interesting. I've not watched any of The Fear of the Walking Dead. Pretty good? Um, I watched the first season, and it was good, slow. It is really slow at the beginning because you're people meeting zombies for the first time. You know, I feel... Yeah, it's all it's all whole brave new world. What's this thing? Right. They call them roamers or walkers or uh, yeah, no, they don't call them dust zombies. bunnies, dust bunnies, eaters, biters. Um, that's what the governor called them, biters, Ro- roamers. Uh, but uh, I we started in a season two, and we just fell off of it. And then I read something that happens in season three that made me go ooh. And then we haven't got back to it yet. It is on Hulu, though. Ooh, very nice. So I just ooed. I, I, I do want to, I actually do want to watch some of it. And maybe once we watch these uh, few movies that me and her need to watch, because we still haven't finished Wonder Woman. We're like 40 minutes left. And <sighs> just get ready. I can't wait good. to discuss that with you. It's really uh, good. Dude, I, I, I love what I've seen so far. It's really good. And then I I picked up uh, Justice League on Blu-ray, so I want to. She has she hasn't seen it yet, and I want to sit down and and rewatch that with her. Um, picked up the 4K one just so when I get my 4K TV, I'll be 4K ready. Sweet. And I'm wondering if I'm gonna notice the mustache removal because in the even theaters, more. well, in the theaters, I didn't even notice it. I was so wrapped up in the movie, I wouldn't even pay attention. Uh, oh, I noticed it from the jump. It bothered me so hard. <laughs> uh, like, I wouldn't even really looking for it. So it's like, okay, here, you know, here we are. He's back doing this shit. And then, but I, I saw a friend of mine post say that in 4K, it's really bad. <laughs> uh oh. As far as like, like really noticeable that they did something. Yeah. It's ultra noticeable. Uh, yeah, Brando. I need to. I don't know. I've don't know what movie I need to catch up watching. I'm just excited for Infinity War to come out. Really, that's where my brain's at right now. Uh, Thanos is one of my all-time favorite characters, and uh, this this movie 
uh, I'm just jacked, man. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm a Marvel fanboy at heart. I want DC to succeed. I really do, and I think in a lot of realms they do succeed. However, I feel like their movie division really needs a full overhaul. I feel like, you know, um, I will say I'm excited. Shazam recently just. Uh, I'll respond to that email later, YouTube. Same email I get every week for right now because of damn stuff and things. Anyways, um, so yeah, Brando, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to the future of what we have coming out this summer and stuff coming soon. And It's interesting to note also, why does everybody bitch and complain that there's no Hawkeye in this trailer for Avengers stuff, but no one at all has said how Ant-Man's not involved anywhere? Like, right? Does everyone just go, "Oh, well, he's got that movie that's going to be in between the movies, so of course he's not in it." That's a shitty thing to think, considering the only thing I can think of is Paul Rudd's character is going to spend most of the first of an Avengers movie literally in jail, like from the fallout from the from the Civil War movie. Same with Barton too, because they were kind of in the same boat, both were fugitive well they were fugitives that were captured and then you know um probably sentenced based on the fact that they went against the Sokovia Accords so how dope would it be if there were you know almost all the Avengers are vanquished or on their you know dying breaths and moments and then guys like Hawkeye and fucking Ant-Man save the day like how badass would that be for them hell yeah like ultimate victory style and then of course that harkens back to that scene in Civil War Wink and a nod to another conversation we're going to have soon where Ant-Man is on uh, Hawkeye's arrow when he shoots him. It's fucking sick. And then he goes up onto Iron Man's armor and runs in there. And then the suit evacuates him and shit. I love that movie Civil War so much. I'll probably have to watch it tonight. I think that's probably what I'm going to do as soon as uh, I get off here with you. But uh, is there anything else you wanted to add to this week's episode of JIC? I know it's super late. We've had a tangential, slap-happy, late-ass episode of Journey into Comics, which, what's the uh, what's that Clay Fighter game called? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I fucked that up. I'm such a rookie. Oh, dude. Uh, killed me with that, man. It's all right. So, is that going to do it, Brando? I think so, man. Then I'm going to take us home, man. As always, you can listen to the Journey into Comics podcast at journeyintocomics.com or on patreon.com backslash journey into comics. Give us a buck for that early access, getting all the shows as soon as they're edited and uploaded, or get the exclusive content like Brando's new show, Podcast Menace, and the Road to Infinity War event happening on our Patreon for three bucks. That exclusive content doesn't go away, so once you get a chance to get it, you can just get it and download all of it and stuff. And, you know, that's a, a cool thing you can do. And, of course, check out all the shows on the network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on the social medias, whether it's at Facebook, at Journey Into Comics Podcast, on Instagram, at Journey Into Comics, on Twitter, J-I-C... What is it? J-I-C... What, what's our Twitter? J-I-C Network. Oh, JIC Network. That's right. We did add the network. I was uncertain if it was network for some reason. Um, and then also on all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or Spotify. Just search Journey into Comics Network on any of those apps, all the apps, 
actually, that you can find podcasts on. We're probably there. Search Journey in the Comics Network. Get nine of our ten shows, of course. You're going to want to jump over to GameAddictsPodcast.com to get Brandon's other show, which now is also on Spotify, so you should also subscribe to them on Spotify, and then you can have the Journey in the Comics Network as a whole in one spot. That's all I've got, Brando. That's all I got from over here, too, man. All right, folks. Well, this has been Journey into Comics, episode 184. What's that Clay Fighter game called? I've been Nate. I've been Brando. All right, so I'm going to ask you guys real nice to sit back, pop open your domes, and fill your brain with shit. Later.